Hi, this is Jason Williams. This is my first podcast on Hacker Public Radio, really my first podcast ever. And uh, I really like the concept behind Hacker Public Radio. I think it's a great idea, and I just wanted to contribute to it, and hopefully maybe at some point become, become a, a regular contributor. This first podcast is going to be one that I think most people give, a lot of people give anyway, as their first podcast on Hacker Public Radio, and that's my switch from Windows to Linux. And it's a story that's similar probably to most people. Uh, just like most people, the decision to switch wasn't made overnight. I didn't wake up one day and said, hmm, let me just try Linux. It was really a decision that spanned many years, and just little by little, the decision uh, to switch to Linux became stronger and stronger until eventually you know, I just made the switch. I think my first exposure to Linux was an ancient laptop that my brother got from a friend of the family. And it wasn't being used for anything. It, it, it was, I don't even know if you can call this a laptop. It was maybe a predecessor to, to laptops today. It had a really tiny screen. The screen was really the size of the average keyboard. Uh, and the, the length and width were about the same size as the keyboard. And, and it flipped up like a, like a laptop. But the screen was, you know, green screen. It wasn't a color screen at all. It just, you know, that black background with the green characters up front. And uh, there was no GUI. It was just all uh, command line. And that was the first Linux PC I, I think I had ever seen. And I remember just kind of learning little things here and there, how to navigate through the file system. I, I remember I stumbled upon help and, and info. And I remember stumbling across cat. And, and what I was doing was basically just going through the operating system. And, and when I saw a file that looked interesting, I would try to execute it and see what happened. Sometimes it, it, that, you know, there were disastrous results and I had to restart the computer. Sometimes I got something interesting and then other times I got nothing. And if I didn't get anything, then I would try to print that command, you know, cat and whatever the command was to see if I got some kind of information to the screen. And, and sometimes that was disastrous. The screen just filled up with garble and I would have to restart the, the PC. But that's really where I, I started off with Linux. And uh, I had learned a few things. Uh, at the time, we had a, a Commodore 64 in the house. And so I had done a lot of programming on that. I had learned basic, and I had created a whole lot of little small applications. And I, I really, while I was poking around on that Linux laptop, I was really trying to see if there was a way that I could do the same kind of programming that I did on the Commodore 64 if I could apply those same skills to the Linux uh, box. And that ended up being a pretty futile task. And I guess most people know if you don't have a good background with uh, bash scripting or shell scripting, you're really not going to be able to do much with the command line on a, a Linux computer. And so I, I left that experience thinking, uh, it was pretty a pretty big waste of time. Linux really doesn't have anything that I could use because I was really trying to uh, do basic programming on a Linux computer, and it just wasn't working. I spent the next several years, all the way up into a, adulthood, working primarily with Windows PCs. I enlisted into the military, and they almost exclusively used Windows. Uh, although there were a few instances where I got the opportunity to 
mess around with Linux a little bit or Unix-based systems, there was actually a, a course that I had to attend that basically taught the basics of Unix, all the basic commands and, and just the file system and how things work. And that was for a communication system that was kind of new and it used Unix as its base. There was another command that I was at that used another, I think it was a Solaris uh, Spark, maybe, I think, is a name that rings a bell. I'm not sure if that's what it was or not. But it was a Spark PC, I think, and it was uh, it ran Unix. And it was also to do some communications type stuff. So other than those obscure opportunities that I had then in the military to, to work with Linux, the rest of the time was pretty much all Windows. Uh, I remember seeing Windows 3.1 in, in the military. Uh, we had these old Zenith, I think there were Z110 computers, huge. Even for that time, they seemed like they were huge. And uh, they, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they were running Windows uh, 3.1. I remember seeing Windows NT come around, uh, 95, 98 XP. The, the, the military went through that whole thing with Windows. But during that whole time, you know, was, I didn't have really much exposure at all to Linux. Uh, it was pretty much Windows the whole time. And, you know, I was really never the type of person to kind of run with the crowd. I always was trying to see what, what else was out there. And I always was kind of uh, techie by nature. And so, though everybody was messing around with Windows, I was always looking to see what else was out there. What's, what's something that's different? Uh, that most people aren't using. And every once in a while, I would run into somebody that was using uh, some other OS. I remember one gentleman I ran into, he was using OS ten, which I believe was a, a Mac, Macintosh operating system, one of the first ones maybe, I don't know. Um, and it was very impressive. I, I liked the way it looked. It was, it was uh, definitely different than what Windows was doing. And then there were several Linux versions that I had tried out. My brother, I remember him, uh, giving me a call uh, one day and telling me about this Linux distribution that ran off of a CD. And at that time, that was unheard of, to me anyway. It was called Canopic, and I'm sure most people are familiar with that. And I was amazed at the fact that you could burn this thing onto a CD, pop it in your computer, boot up, and, and run Linux off of the CD. I thought that was amazing. Uh, I remember at some job fair I was at... Um, I think it was called Turbo Linux. These people were handing out CDs with Turbo Linux. I remember installing that on a PC, and it, it was not Turbo on a PC that I was using by any stretch of the imagination. It was very, very, very slow. But that was another one. I remember trying out Red Hat uh, from somewhere. I don't know where I got it from, but I remember trying Red, out, Red Hat out as well. And so, you know, even though uh, I was surrounded by Windows, Every once in a while, I would take a look at what other operating systems, and, and it was mostly Linux that I was trying to see what they had uh, had to offer. But I never really stuck with Linux, and really the reason I think was because everybody else that I knew and everybody else that I was working with was using Windows. And then even those times when I did try out Linux, there was no way to integrate the work I was doing in Linux with the work that I had to do with Windows. There was not much compatibility, or at least that I could find. And so it, it became more of a, a headache to use Linux because there was 
there was no way to take the stuff that I had done in Linux and use it anywhere except for the PC that I had at home. So I, I really sort of abandoned Linux because of that, that compatibility issue. Several, several years after this, um, I think I was about a year away from retiring from the, from the military. Uh, I think there was two computers in the house. There was a desktop and a laptop. All of them had XP on it. And I was doing a lot of audio editing work for our church on the desktop. And, uh, at this time that desktop had seemed to run slower and slower and slower as many of us know uh, Windows PCs tend to do. And I remember one day in particular that I went to the desktop and, and started up to do some some audio editing and I saw this little pop-up come up on the screen and, and I was really kind of used to seeing little pop-ups pop up all the time that I really wasn't sure what they were for and just like I had done before I just hit cancel and, and didn't really think anything of it uh, I was accustomed to that Windows computer doing things like that that I wasn't sure why it was doing or what it was doing for just hit cancel and, and move on but this time it was a little different after I clicked on cancel uh, my Explorer uh, Internet Explorer application popped up and went right to a web page that was selling antivirus software. Now, I, I was no dummy. I, I realized that something terrible just happened, and I was pretty sure it was a virus. Uh, the pop-up was kind of like my first warning, and the fact that this this uh, Explorer, when this Internet page popped up, asking me to buy antivirus software was my sure enough clue that I probably had a virus on the computer. And, and that really, you know, scarred me as far as my using uh, Windows. Uh, I, I became very jaded because I didn't think that was something that should just happen so easily uh, without me knowing. And uh, there might have been other indicators that I might have caught if I was, uh, you know, more knowledgeable about the subject, but it just really caught me off guard. And so, uh, I, you know, for the rest of the time while I had that Windows computer, I was constantly paranoid that uh, there was going to be a virus on there or some guy in Timbuktu was hacking into my computer and sending out spam mail to all my friends, you know, and, and everybody in the rest of the world right from my computer. And I was, you know, sort of convincing myself that that was the reason why my computer was going so slow. And so... uh you know, this was all really happening around the time that Vista was coming out. And I, I read many reviews about Vista and how awful some people's experience was. And so I really decided to to skip Vista. I didn't want to mess with it uh, because I, 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 the reviews I had heard were so negative. And so those two things together really uh, started me thinking if, you know, asking the question, if, if Linux really had any solutions to offer for for these little problems I was seeing. One that Windows had produced uh, garbage in many people's in many people's opinion with Vista and the fact that I felt like my computer was being overrun by viruses and I was having not a whole lot of luck controlling it. And so uh, I, I stuck with XP through the whole Vista debacle and I was constantly trying to squeeze, you know, more and more life out of my PC. 
seemed like it was getting to the point where it was really almost unusably slow. And so I was constantly trying to remove files and clean this up and do this and do that. And, and none of it really was working. The, the PC was slowly getting more and more unusable. And uh, Vista was on its way out and Windows 7 was now on its way in. And I learned some things about Windows 7 that really were the proverbial straw that, that broke the camel's back. Uh, the first thing I think was that there was three or four, maybe more, different flavors of Windows 7, and they all had different pricing. And and to me, that really sort of irritated me because it it it, it was saying to me that Windows was not or Microsoft wasn't really interested in putting out their best product. Uh, they were interested in making money. And if they can make it with a lesser product, then they would do it. If they can make it with a better product, they could do it. And that sort of irritated me. I think there was a home version for about $50. And I think there was a professional version for, uh, I think it was $99 at the time. And, uh, you know, with my current satisfaction level with, with Windows, I wasn't really willing to spend $20, let alone $99 for the professional version. And uh, I remembered all those other Linux distributions that I had tried in the past. I, I didn't have to pay one cent for any of them. And so that, that was really starting to look uh, pretty appealing to me. And I was, I was also remembering the, the virus episode. And uh, another little tidbit of information that I learned about Windows 7 around that time was that although I could upgrade from Vista to Windows 7, I couldn't upgrade from XP to Windows 7. So basically installing Windows 7 for me would wipe out everything that was already on my computer. And uh, that, mean, that meant I would have to do a whole lot of work, you know, go through a lot of hassle to preserve the data that I had accumulated on that PC throughout the years. And that was something I just wasn't prepared to do. So, you know, at that point, the camel's back was broken. I, I couldn't see myself really sticking with Windows, but the question was, you know, could Linux meet the needs that I had and, and really the needs of my family? And so what I did was I started trying to devise a plan uh, to see if, if my family could use Linux and, and be happy. And so what I did was, uh, you know, this was actually around the time when Ubuntu was doing a lot of advertising. They were actually advertising, uh, you would see commercials on TV for Ubuntu, some guy poking away at a computer, and he would invite some stranger, some passerby, to take a look at it. And the implication was that the passerby was amazed at what the, the computer was doing and that they assumed it was a Windows PC person would reveal finally that this wasn't XP, but this was Ubuntu. And so those commercials out, were out there quite a bit. So what I did was I, I went to the Ubuntu website. I burned a copy of Ubuntu. I think it was 8.04, the XFCE version. And I did a dual boot on the desktop. So I had XP and uh, Ubuntu. And I kind of instructed the family just use Ubuntu. See if, if, if it will 
meet your needs and, and don't use the XP version at all, which was really not a hard choice because the XP version was, was just so slow that it was really not even feasible to use it at all. So it wasn't really a hard choice for the family to use the Ubuntu installation that was on that desktop. And what happened was within weeks, the family was really using the Ubuntu Linux exclusively with, with very few complaints. And it was then that I started thinking, hell, you know, this, this just might work. Uh, we might be able to make this swap. And so I think the next thing I did was my wife had a laptop. And with a lot of complaining on her end, I said, well, let me just go ahead and put Ubuntu on this laptop. And the presumptuous promise was that it would dramatically increase the speed of the computer. You'd be able to do a whole lot more without having to wait and wait and wait for, you know, whatever task you were trying to complete to finish. And I went ahead and installed Ubuntu on that laptop. It was an uneventful install. It, it installed perfectly right off the bat. And thankfully, there was a noticeable performance increase. So that was that was fantastic. I was really impressed at that. At this time, I didn't have my own laptop, and so I went and purchased one, and I was determined that the PC that I purchased actually had Vista on it, and I was determined that I would never boot this computer with a Windows operating system on it. So as soon as I got it home and unpacked it, the very first thing I did was, you know, take a little pin and, and use it to open the, the CD tray. So I did that before I ever turned it on and put the Ubuntu CD in the CD tray and so the very first time I turned that computer on it was to install Ubuntu so I completely wiped out everything that was on there originally and installed Ubuntu and with the exception of some graphic card issues uh, this was an HP PC and it had an ATI graphics card in Radeon 3200 I believe and uh, that gave me a little bit of trouble but with, with exception to that the install went perfectly, and I was really at that point pretty much set in stone that I would never go back to Windows. I had learned a ton in Ubuntu. I found a lot of the applications that, that I would normally use. It was a huge learning curve, uh, but it wasn't hard to learn because there were so many resources available, so many people who were willing to uh, lend a helping hand. So it, it wasn't really that hard a switch but there was a lot that that I needed to learn a lot of differences between how Windows operates and how Linux operates and uh, so I, I tried a whole lot of uh, different distributions uh, I think the desktop remained Ubuntu until really just recently uh, Ubuntu had been on that computer really my whole Linux experience and until just recently I tried uh, Puppy Linux on my laptop, uh, Fedora, I've tried OpenSUSE, Slackware, which Slackware I think is still my favorite. I had tried even LFS, Linux from scratch, which is um, mind-blowingly complicated. I, well, it's not really complicated, it's just tedious. The steps are laid out very clearly, but it's a an extremely tedious process. If you want to learn everything there is, though, to learn about Linux, Try links from scratch, and and next to that, I would say Slackware, and I I really like Slackware because it, it, of its simplicity. It was just plain Linux 
and it was very predictable. You knew exactly what to expect. Uh, the, the one thing I really didn't like about Slackware was the maintenance that was required to, to keep the system up to date, uh, doing upgrades and, and things like that. Uh, so because of that, there were just certain things that I didn't want to have to work at that I hadn't seen in other uh, operating systems. And so although I, I really am fond of Slackware, I'm not using Slackware now, uh, right now all the, the PCs in the house are on PC Linux OS, which, which I like a lot. There are some little things that I don't like, but for the most part, PC Linux OS, uh, you know, they, they had a slogan as being the distribution shopper stopper. And I, I found that to be true. Once I tried PC Linux OS, I pretty much stayed with that, uh, for the remainder of my Linux experience, you know, to date. Right now, um, I'm actually recording this on the laptop that I purchased uh, a while back and um, it has PC Linux OS installed on it. And so really that's that's my story. Uh, one of the most gratifying aspects uh, that I've found with Linux is that it, it really instills a sense of creativity in its users. It kind of compels you to create just the tools that that come with typical Linux distribution uh, really kind of cause the person who's using the system to come up with a solution, to create a solution for whatever issue he's faced with. Uh, grep and sed and, you know, all the other command line tools uh, it give you a, a massive amount of control and a massive amount of options and possibilities. And, and it's it just seems like Linux is designed to put control in the hands of the user and and give the user every opportunity to create their own solution. In comparison to Windows, Windows seems to promote buying your solution. There's a very limited amount of resources on a Windows PC that are openly available to the user or even openly advertised to the user. Uh, there's probably other tools there that you could find if you look and if you search, but they're not really well uh, advertised. They're not promoted. And so without question, uh, I've become uh, definitely more productive, more knowledgeable, more creative, uh, more satisfied user under Linux than ever I was under Windows. I've actually uh, learned Python. It seemed like every, when I first installed Linux, it seemed like everything was done in Python. And so uh, because it seemed like Python was so dominant in Linux, I thought, well, maybe it would be a good idea for me to learn Python. And so I've actually taken that knowledge to work. And where I work, I've created some tools in Python. And, and that was really the catalyst for that, was really my knowledge uh, that I had gained in Linux. And so that productivity has really even crossed beyond uh, what I do at home and has carried over into to what I do at work. So that's my, my Linux story, my switch from Windows to Linux. And I am definitely satisfied. And the only thing I can say is I wish I had done it a, a lot sooner. Uh, and so that's my story. There's many like it, but this one is mine. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Hack Republic Radio. 
HTR is sponsored by caro.net, so head on over to caro.net for all your hosting needs.